Hello, EKN Nation, and welcome to EKN Debrief, our first episode of the 2024 season. It is David Cole and Nate Dean joining or welcoming you to our first debrief of the season. It is Wednesday, January 17th, episode 123, so 123 episodes of our debrief program, all playing on the EKN radio network and available in podcast form wherever you get your podcasts. So thank you for joining and listening in as we review and <clears throat> give a recap of the 2024 Supercarts USA Winter Series uh, at the AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex presented by MG Tires in Homestead, Florida. So the AMR One event that we have dubbed it because it's the first of two weekends at the Homestead, Florida facility for the Supercarts USA Winter Series. And we'll get into what exactly happened at the January 12th through 14th weekend when we get into this show, which is presented by Factory Carts. Made in the USA, it's not just a statement, it's the mission at Factory Carts of America. Led by four-time Super Nationals champion Billy Musgrave, Factory Carts manufactures their frames completely in-house at the Riverside, California facility. Built and designed from the ground up specifically for the American karting market, Factory Carts brings new innovations and solutions that are long overdue. No other karting manufacturer stands behind its product as Factory Carts does, providing a two-year warranty on all their frames. Learn more by visiting factorycarts.com or email Billy anytime at info at factorycarts.com. So Nate, the first two rounds, round one and two of the four-round championship program for the Supercarts USA Winter Series kicked off January 12th, 12th through the 14th. You were there all for both races last year, and we reversed roles. I went this year. Unfortunately, Rob wasn't able to make it, so I was running solo. I know he did uh, a lot of the race reports for us. You tuned in uh, from the cold that is in Minnesota, correct? Yeah, uh, the winter deciding not to show itself throughout pretty much all of December and then hitting us with negative temperatures going from like 30s to negative in just a couple of days. So not fun, but at least you had uh, some carding to watch. Yeah, I was able to escape all that before it hit in Michigan on Friday. Uh, leaving Thursday afternoon, so I was able to avoid all that. And uh, I did do some some shoveling. We had an early snowfall earlier in the week, so I had to do some shoveling and and snow blowing uh, with some with some snow coming down from that. But uh, it was great to get in the warmth that is Florida uh, as the excuse the Winter Series began its seventh season of the championship, which began back in 2018. And we talked about it in our Outlap preview podcast. Anytime I go to Homestead, it rains. And of course, it rained throughout the week leading into the weekend. So it was damp early Friday morning. As I arrived, it was raining. So the track was damp Friday. So I think probably about the first couple of sessions on practice on Friday before the track really dried up. It was very warm on Saturday, uh, uh, nearly getting into the 90s. I think I saw 86 as a high on Saturday. And then Sunday was welcoming the rain. It came down. Uh, we thought it was just going to be misting, but um, it, it had a couple of bursts that that laid down some water, a good amount of water, including during some of the main events. So uh, made for a wet and soggy end to the opening weekend of the Scusa Winter Series. 
Uh, and we go into now by the numbers and again, a record setting event for the Supercarts USA, as we said, the seventh season of the championship and the first time ever they reached the 291 entry mark. So an amazing stat, uh, Nate, entering the 2024 season. Yeah, uh, when we were filming the preview, it was about 280. Nice to see that about 10 or so walk-ups there. And yeah, like you said, only really nine away from hitting a 300 mark for a winner series um, opening weekend, which is really good for them. As we know, K.A. Jr. was the big class uh, on the weekend, 63 drivers uh, forcing Scusa's hand to do a bit of a different format for them, splitting up their heat races, having an LCQ and the whole lot for them, a specific format for only them uh, that weekend had some big shows from the cadet classes of micro swift and mini swift had 44 micro uh, 32 in mini in the other junior category x30 junior 31 entries isn't bad for x30 especially in the past six months and the tail end of the 2023 season when x30 junior numbers were kind of dwindling and kind of struggling so a bit a little bit of a boost for that one uh coming into 2024 touching on uh, master competition k100 master 20 entries there master shifter only two entries again uh like we said in the preview podcast the master drivers aren't on as much of a weekend week constant rotation of uh race weekend schedule like some of the senior and junior drivers are so not seeing a ton of uh, master representation was kind of to be expected for the winter series rounds. And then into senior competition, 40 drivers in KA 100 senior, a pretty strong field. They're always one of the big classes, no matter what series you go to. Um, then you had X30 senior, X30 pro had 46 carts and then a pro shifter with 13 different carts. Not a ton for pro shifter, but still, if you watch any of the racing, it was still some very fun to watch wheel to wheel action. Yeah, the, the KA Junior format was was unique. Uh, they did split pre-finals, so odd qualifiers in one and then the even pre even qualifiers in the other take the top 15 from each and then made for the LCQ a little bit more interesting, taking the top 14 to fill up a 44 driver field. So, uh, so allowed people who did bad in the pre-finals to get, not have to be all the way up into the top six or eight. So top 14 was more, uh, reasonable for that, uh, in that category and made for some exciting, uh, LCQ racing. And again, yeah, big numbers, you know, 74 cadet drivers when you can combine micro and mini. So that was a very solid uh, number to see. Um, sorry, I was just looking at, I had a number. It was actually 40 X30 and Pro X30. Uh, I'm not sure where I got the 46. I might have just hit the wrong button there. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, great to see that. Uh, all the numbers, again, like you said, master shifter they've kind of struggled there trying to get numbers there and it's just kind of the way it is but k100 master up to 20 a lot of florida drivers and a lot of international drivers helped build that up to 20 so great to see hopefully they'll all be back next month and, and then again 31 in x30 junior that's a solid number like you said the last six months have been kind of teetering on you know what do we do with this category to have 31 i think it's great and there's a lot of young junior rookies in that field so we'll see should be able to see good good fields uh, throughout the year in the in that division so with that we'll head into our first commercial break and we'll get into our paddock pass <laughs> <laughs> 
right after these commercials. In this day and age, if you need something for your karting program, it's just one mouse click away. One of the leading online stores in the sport of karting is tsracing.com. The Florida-based company has been serving the karting community for decades. TS Racing is one of the few kart shops with technical expertise in all divisions of karting. TS Racing's online superstore features a full range of the products you need to start karting today or to restock your garage or trailer for the racing season. TS Racing is also the official distributor for Vega Tires. For dirt, road racing, sprint, and the most popular four-cycle tire with Cup Karts North America, a wide range of Vega compounds and sizes are available for your karting needs. Head over to tsracing.com today or call 352-793-9600 to learn more about the Vega Tire brand or the many products that they have at TS Racing. Motor mounts. They keep your engine attached to your chassis, right? The answer is, they're much more important than that. Your motor mount is critical in transferring 100% of the power from your engine through to your tires and the racetrack. You need this to get on the podium each and every time you race. Odenthal Racing Products is here for you, providing the best motor mounts on the karting market today, all designed to make sure you're using all the horsepower you pay for. Odenthal Racing Products is a family-owned and operated business with decades of karting experience in providing products with unmatched quality and value for our racing community. The Pro Series mount for two cycle engines, which is available in 0, 5, and 8 degree inclinations, provides a rigid structure to help keep vibration to a minimum without adding too much weight to your setup. The four cycle Easy Set system is one of the most popular mounts for the Briggs & Stratton 206 power plant. Multiple mounting holes provide the most adjustability depending on your chassis and seat placement. To ensure a tight fit to your chassis, our ORP wedge clamps get the job done. And they feature a number of design updates to provide a lower profile and lighter weight. The clamps are available from 28mm to 32mm in both standard and Euro style sizes. And now, Oluthal has also revolutionized the karting industry with its new Easy GP camera mounting system. Designed to mount anywhere on your chassis with one or two cameras, the ORP Easy GP camera mount is your solution to capture that onboard winning moment. Head to OdenthalRacing.com and find a dealer near you. Odenthal Racing Products, proudly made in the USA. And we are back with the episode 123 of our ECAN debrief. It is Wednesday, January 17th. I'm David Cole, joined by Nate Dean, as we're bringing you a recap of the 2024 Supercarts USA Winter Series opener at the AMR Motorplex in Homestead, Florida. And now we'll bring you the Paddock Pass, presented by Skip Barber Racing School. Are you looking for the next step in racing? Go from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Racing School. Skip Barber alumni are champions in every motorsport series, including Formula One, NASCAR, IMSA, and IndyCar. Get behind the wheel of a Skip Barber Formula Four car featuring a 160 horsepower turbocharged engine. Our highly structured and competitive Skip Barber Formula Race Series is a perfect platform to start your racing career so you can fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. With equalized race cars and a focus on driver development, your driving skills will determine if you end up in victory lane. 
Learn more about the Skip Barber Racing School at skipbarber.com or call 866-932-1949. So Nate, kind of some of the points to hit on. Uh, the, the most important one I think would be the new MG tires, the SH2 and the rain tire SW2 made its debut, uh, in Homestead for the weekend. We saw KA senior, KA junior, X30 junior, K master, mini swift and micro swift all running on the new SH2 red tire MG tire. Uh, that is the, the harder tire that is just recently homologated. Uh, as we get into a new homologation period going 24, 25, and 26. So a three-year period now where we'll have this tire over the next three years and some great feedback from all the racers and competitors uh, with it being a bit of a softer tire than what they've had before and actual more rubber, I think, is in, included in the manufacturing of the tire as rubber was getting laid down, provided more grip, and it showed in the lap times because nearly every category was either half second quicker in qualifying than they were in last year's race. So that's kind of the numbers we're, we were able to see kind of breaking down. We actually saw <laughs> Micro Swift, which is crazy, uh, 1.5 seconds quicker on Saturday qualifying from last year to this year. That that I think that alone tells you that this tire is a lot grippier than what we've had before, Nate. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, everyone kind of around that half a second uh, quicker mark, uh, some classes more than others, a bit of an outlier and X30 Jr. only going two tenths quicker um, on Saturday qualifying. But other than that, like you said, in the cadet category, some big, big gains in Micro Swift 1.5 and eight tenths quicker in Mini Swift, eight tenths and nine tenths quicker. So, uh, obviously helping out those uh, younger drivers. Maybe it's a bit of a confidence thing too with the old tire, like you said, just being a little bit harder. And for those guys that are guys and girls that are just getting into it with a bit more grip, maybe having a bit more confidence in the cart. So that could be something too that's leading to a lot quicker times in the cadet categories. But yeah, a lot of positive feedback from at least what I heard, not even being at the track which ultimately is really really good for mg of course drivers don't really are very and they're very picky on the rubber that they have on their carts just here's an overwhelming we like this for the product is great for them yeah one of the things was it's easier to mount that's always key um and you know this is a tire they could have possibly ran in in pro x30 uh, they talked about it, how the older Evinco tire that was being utilized in Pro X30 shifter categories, um, it was actually pulling up the rubber uh, that was being laid down by the SH2 tire, uh, the, the, the supposedly harder tire. So, um, you know, again, you look at the qualifying for X30. Let me see if I can find it here. X30 Pro uh, 48.018. Uh, comparing it to the junior, which was a 48.4. So you're talking four tenths of a second. They actually, juniors got down to a 48.0 on Sunday. Uh, I'm going to pull up the qualifying session for that. So it tells you, yes, they're at a lower weight and they have the restrictor. Uh, so we did a 47.4. So that tells you that the grip was getting laid down because we saw a lot of, a lot more faster lap times 
on Sunday for qualifying before the rains hit. And, and so that means a lot of rubber was getting laid down. So I think that's going to be a good thing. Um, we'll kind of, uh, see what Supercarts USA is going to be doing for the pro tour. I think that's going to be coming up, uh, once we get to February, because again, it all decides on the, uh, delivery of product here to the United States. So, um, expect to see the SH2 and probably the older Evinkos utilized, uh, once again in February, and we'll keep you posted on that. Um, again, of course, with the first event of the 2024 season, you're going to see people in new places. And among those, Jonathan Kotick, uh, going to Trinity Karting Group. So he's going to be one of their full-time employees racing, uh, or working for the race team, uh, doing a lot of driver coaching and data with uh, the junior drivers and cadet drivers. So something that he's been doing with Keelan Harvick over the last couple of seasons uh, with Keelan moving now probably is strictly to car racing uh, or doing European karting. He'll be uh, working with Trinity throughout the season. Uh, we got to see Dalton Haynes in the Sodi Kart colors. So that's one of the other stories. And then Cooper Becklin uh, moving over to Rollison Performance Group. So now they have two shifter drivers. Uh, under the Rollison Performance Group tent. Uh, Nate, were there any uh, other notable ones? I know there are drivers that have moved up to the senior ranks or those moving from cadet to junior uh, that were making their debuts as well. I think Brendan Carr for his first weekend at Trinity mm-hmm. Karting Group and on a Kart Republic did really well. Obviously, the British driver used to cold, wet, and miserable conditions back home, so really thrived on Sunday with... Uh, second place finish to only to Tulio, who calls that track home and has probably one of the drivers that has the most laps around that track than anyone. You did talk about Cooper Backlund. He was one of the drivers, at least I was wondering where he would end up. Obviously, he's shown his skills in formula cars, but jumping back into a cart, especially a shifter cart, is always going to be a bit difficult. But on Sunday, on the podium, really solid result for him. And I think the those two are the main two that uh, new drivers uh, you can put in quotes that really impressed me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll kind of keep going along with that uh, when we get into the uh, the race report, talking about some of it because a lot of the drivers in new places uh, perform very well, as you said, Brandon Carving, one of them. Uh, one of the uh, issues that we had uh, was logistics on Saturday, uh, causing a number of delays. We with the homestead facility, there's a, there's grass, there's actual grass, which is great. We love it. But when it rains all day or all week, like it did leading up to the event, it creates mud and it's, um, in the grass area near the scales region was mud. Um, that area is just a little bit congested in the way they had everything set up and trying to perform proper tech inspection as drivers come off the scales. So we had a little bit of a, of a hiccup on Saturday. Um, Supercar USA tried to address it as much as they could as it was happening, uh, but then they pre- they planned ahead for Sunday, moving things around, getting it in out in tech out of tech line, along with getting people off the scales and onto their cart stands, trying to limit the amount of people that are surrounding the scales as well too. Um, just the way the, the 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 things are laid out there, Nate, you kind of are are familiar with it being there last year. Uh, it kind of gets a little congested and is a little clogged up, especially with the way the pits are right up to the racetrack and not a lot of room to have all the logistics that you need. 
to put on a race. Yeah, it gets it gets pretty congested there. I think when you run the opposite direction, it gets a little better because I think there's obviously a lot more room for scales. So that will hopefully ease things uh, next race weekend. But yeah, it's just with you people going to the grid there, people going to watch there, people pushing carts away. There's tech and with vending trucks there as well. It's just a really congested area. And obviously they did a best job as they can to try and ease that and get through the weekend. Yeah. Sunday, it went a lot smoother. They got through it on time. Uh, we're able, it was just the weather that caused the delays after that. And I believe one red flag that we did have, uh, during a pre-final race on Sunday. So, um, that, uh, that was the reason for the massive delays we saw on Saturday, um, able to catch up and get going. And I believe we got all the laps in that we needed to get in on Saturday. So just, just in the nick of time, because the daylight was, uh, diminishing, uh, as we, uh, wrapped up for the final races on Saturday. And again, weather was the issue on Sunday. That was kind of the major delay in weather or delay in the racing. Um, Supercarts USA had to cut to timed races because of the weather in order to try and stay on schedule. Because again, sunlight is a, is a rarity when you get past the hour of five o'clock. So um, that was a, the, the only major issue um, that we saw on Sunday, there was a one red flag and I believe the driver was transported to be checked out and I believe was okay, uh, with no major injuries that I'm aware of. So we'll have to kind of wait and see on that. Um, other than that, not very many other stories, um, happening throughout the paddock. Again, I think a lot of people are just happy to kind of get the season going, get, uh, get back to racing for those who had not been racing, uh, yet for the year. And, uh, and, and that, so we'll have, uh, we'll have more about those stories, uh, at the next event and kind of following along with the tire situation and the new people, new places. Once we get into our race report, which will be coming up, uh, after this commercial break. Precision performance karting, the winningest Briggs 206 team in the U S in 2023 is ready to get you to victory lane in 2024. As the factory team for Coyote Racing Chassis, PPK won the biggest four cycle races of the year, sweeping senior light, medium, and heavy at the CKNA Grand Nationals, and they have also won an iconic Duffy at the ICAP Sprint Grand Nationals in Texas. In 2023, Precision Performance Karting also traveled north of the border to dominate the Cup Karts Canada finale at Goodwood, beating Canada's best Briggs racers. Our total focus is on winning, and we simply get the job done. Join our team, and we can help you win too. We have several levels of support available for 2024, from full-service arrive-and-drive programs to tent-only options. Whether you're a beginner or a seasoned veteran, our championship-winning, PPK-prepared Coyote Zenith carts are ready to power you to great results. Join our team today. To become a Precision Performance Karting Driver or to learn more about our operation, contact John Seglum at ppkartingfl at gmail.com or check us out online at ppkartingfl.com. CRG is one of the most iconic brands in karting and we're primed and ready for the 2022 season with new material and a never-ending focus on winning. 
CRG Nordam is the North American distributor for all CRG products. Based outside of Houston, Texas, CRG Nordam supports CRG dealers across the continent, reaching every corner of North America. The CRG KT5 is our new chassis for tag and shifter racing, and it's been designed specifically for the U.S. market. The KT5 features 30mm construction with a 32mm front loop to increase front grip. CRG's new Ven 13 brake system is cutting-edge technology with a master cylinder that allows for pressure regulation within the system. Drivers can customize brake pressure to their own requirements to improve feel and to avoid brake lockup. The cart is finished with new KG 507-508 bodywork that has refined aerodynamics and reduced weight. For cadet drivers, the 2022 CRG Black Mirror is already logging positive results to start the new season. This chassis will be making big waves in 2022. Longtime CRG drivers will be happy to know that the CRG Road Rebel, the standard in quality and performance, is still available. With Force Cycle Racing enjoying consistent growth in North America, CRG's FS4 chassis is the ideal choice for racers in brakes and Stratton competition. From pure racing to karting entertainment, many tracks, both indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the CRG Centurion rental cart line. Five different models for both gas-powered or electric engines can fit any track's needs for a new rental cart fleet. CRG Nordam has a full inventory of rental carts available for new and existing facilities. For more information on the CRG product line, head to www.cartcrg.com and to inquire about a North American dealer near you, please email us at info at cartcrg-nordam.com. Welcome back to our ECAN Debrief, the episode 123. It is Wednesday, January 17th. Uh, David Cole here, joined by Nate Dean, as we break down the Supercarts USA Winter Series event on January 12th through the 14th at the AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex, presented by MG Tires. We now get into our race report, which is presented by Comet Cart Sales. History, success, family. These are three words that best describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside Indianapolis and has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, and they are continually adding new parts to their product line. Make sure you head to CometCartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Cart Sales family today. Nate, the first class we're going to look at is the Pro X30 presented by Speed Lab Racing Engines. The headline is Norberg and Dutulio conquer the dry and wet. And as we said, you know, Saturday was dry, super hot, super warm. Uh, Jacob Kohler, the one of the local drivers for Vo uh, Vice Karting, I believe the team on the Kart Republic, was able to set fast time at 48.018. But it was Donovan Bonilla, the Supercar USA Super Nationals 26 winner, able to outgun uh, a hectic pre-final that uh, was pretty fun to watch. But when it came to main main event time, Ryan Norberg, the five-time Supercar USA Pro Tour champion, was able to essentially take the lead on the opening lap and stretched away lap by lap, uh, 
uh, as uh, Garrison, Austin Garrison and Alessandro De Tullio gave chase, uh, un, uh, unable to reel in the Brian Norberg, who was seeking his first victory since October of 2022 uh, when he won the IME USA Grand National Championship. Uh, and Norberg went wire to wire, coming away with a 1.1 second victory aboard his RPG Cosmic. Yeah. And I mean, like we talked about in the preview show, you want to get that uh, win just done and dusted if, when you've had that long of a streak. So he doesn't have to worry about getting that first win throughout the season. He can just go about doing his business. Uh, Alessandro Tullio, like you said, coming in behind the th- with uh, two more Car Republics behind him with Thomas DeBeau and coming forth Jacob Kolar and then Harley Keeble in fifth for Sodi. You said uh, Austin Garrison was in that fight as well, but on the coming to the white flag, I think it was Kolar and Garrison that got into each other a little bit in the final corner, put Garrison in the wall, was able to get going, but put a unfortunate end to Garrison's day on Saturday. Yeah, was put in the wall there, uh, coming to the white flag, ended up finishing in the eighth spot. Uh, so got in the wall, but was able to continue. Luckily, they had a big enough gap to where he only fell to eighth because it could have been a lot worse uh, for Garrison. The hard charger of the race was Jorge Ortiz on the Cart Republic for Chad Dock and Racing. Uh, 19 spots, 36 to 17th. Uh, and then I think Garrison kind of had the aggression carry over into Sunday because he was able to lay down the quick lap and qualifying with a 47.472. So nearly six tenths quicker than what Kolar did on Saturday. So again, you know, fast time in the, in the heat or in the, in the main event on Saturday was Kolar. He did a 47.7. So they were actually three tenths quicker in the main event on Saturday than they did in qualifying. So that shows you the rubber kept getting laid down and the track was getting grippier and grippier as the weekend went on. Uh, that was until the rain started to hit and the prefrontal for the X30 Pro was under the wet. It was the first wet session uh, of the day. Uh, so the wet tires came out for these, this group with Alessandro Di Tullio taking uh, over and taking the win in the prefinal. And from the pole position was able to show the way in the main event, leading wire to wire to grab his first pro X30 victory uh, in the uh, of the season uh, to be able to win by 1.7 seconds at the line. Yeah. And uh, we'll get into K senior in a little bit, but have yeah, getting that taken away from him, obviously that may have pushed him to put that uh, gap to Brennan Carr behind who was charging through the field for him trying to find uh, how many spots he gained. Yeah. Well, he went 15th to second. Yeah, in the, so in, the pre, was, in the pre-final. Yeah, yeah, he was he was making his way up there. He was enjoying those conditions. And then, uh, Car Republic one, two, three on the podium. Jacob Kolar, uh, making it a third place finish. Ryan Norberg had a difficult time in the opening laps with everyone trying to figure out who's going to lead the way up to Alessandro Tulio. They messed around with each other for so long that ultimately none of them would. And then. Obviously, Norberg finishing fourth, and then Thomas Naveau, one of the drivers that Norberg would have a few points of contact with throughout the race, uh, coming in fifth. Yeah, so, you know, well, first, the hard charger, uh, 
Danilo Albanese, uh, the factory kart Republic driver racing with Inter MS, uh, had a pre-final uh, DNF. And so he gained 30 spots in what was a 12 lap race going from 39th to 9th. So an amazing wet weather performance. He was uh, his quick lap was only two tenths off of what uh, DiTulio was able to do. So certainly they had uh, the right combination under the Inter MS tent for wet weather conditions at Homestead. Uh, you look at it, though, with Norberg and DiTulio taking victories, they both uh, were able to f- finish in the top five both days, along with Thomas Naveau and uh, Jacob Kolar. So you got probably those four drivers that are going to be leading the way in the championship chase when it gets into next month. So that'll be pretty exciting. We don't have really any driver in this category that stood out aside from Norberg and DiTulio picking up the two victories. So that'll be fun uh, when we get into February for rounds three and four. We now head into the pro shifter category presented by PSL Karting. The headline for Mal doubles up to begin busy 2024 season. It will certainly be a busy season for him as he's going to be racing in the IMSA program uh, with the Andretti Wayne Taylor racing program. Uh, Excited to see him. But first, he wanted to get some karting sessions in, got to uh, Homestead, which was one of his uh, home racetracks back when he was younger. Uh, So this guy knows this racetrack very well. But so does Alan Isambard on the Sodi Kart Racing or Sodi Racing USA uh, machine was able to set fast time in qualifying and hold off Formal for a pre-final victory. But when it came to the main event, Formal just put the uh, the muscle up and was able to uh, to win the fight early, uh, leading uh, the rest of the way to a two-second margin of victory uh, after 22 laps um, as he was able to benefit from fighting behind him for second. That included Isambard, uh, Morgato, uh, Saraceno, and Bailiff. Yeah, and Danny just seemed very confident, I'd say, in in just knowing what he had to do, I think, against Isambard really throughout the Saturday and Sunday. Uh, AJ Myers there on site, not racing with his Magikarp team, but saying that, you know, Isambard's going to be a threat to Formal. It should be a good one. But Isambard had the pace, like you said, getting the pre-final and qualifying, but Danny just... It's one of those drivers that is so hard to race against. And like you said, Formal taking the win in the final. Morgado finishing second in his first uh, gearbox start, I think, in some time or the first time on U.S. soil. Uh, Isambard third rounded out the podium for Sony Kart. Vincenzo Serencino for Marinello came in fourth. And then Gavin Bailiff for Trinity Karting Group and Kart Republic in fifth. Yeah, it was the uh, first start on U.S. soil for Mercado in the shifter category. So that was pretty exciting to watch. I think he's still got some bugs to work out. You know, um, we'll talk about his Sunday performance as well. But, you know, four miles just so smooth, has nearly a decade of shifter car racing under his belt, if not more. Uh, so it's just you, you can see the difference. Uh, but Morgado's got got speed. I think he's just got to get the consistency worked out. He actually had a faster uh, lap time in the main event than Formal did. So uh, so he's got the pace. I think the consistency is what's going to be needed to be improved for the uh, former world champion. Uh, Cooper Becklin was the hard charger of the race aboard the RPG Cosmic, moving up seven spots, 13th to 6th. Uh, so that was that for Saturday. We got into Sunday, and again, Isambarb, again, quicker in qualifying with a 45 
0.471. So that was about four tenths of a second quicker than what we had on Saturday. So again, this tire or the, the, the grip that was laid down, because again, they were using the older Evinco tires. If that means the softer tire is going to have more grip, that's going to be, I, we got to expect to see uh, really quick lap times uh, throughout the, the next three years for this category. Uh, the, the pro shifter master shifter drivers went out on a racetrack, essentially on a damp racetrack with dry tires. So nobody switching over because it wasn't raining quite hard enough yet to move over to, uh, the rain tires. So they were on dry tires. So it was pretty fun to watch these guys kind of battle that out, uh, on the racetrack and formal was able to master the field, um, got the whole shot to begin uh, the main event, but, uh, Inzenbar put the challenge on, he was on the outside as they made their way through turn three, uh, and just went off track just enough to be collected by a water puddle, sent him spinning around into the back of the field. This gave formal basically a clear shot as he was able to lead, uh, the, I believe the entire distance I'm pulling up the la the race right now, 12 laps is what they were able to carry. Uh, I believe it was 10 minutes plus one lap. So that's what they were able to get. Uh, and for Mal was able to stretch out to a 10 second margin uh, over 12 laps to be able to score a second straight victory. Yeah. And that 10 second margin, not really a surprise. Obviously for now was very quick and really the one to be in the final on Saturday. But when it comes to rain racing, having a little bit more uh, weight and higher up, what never uh, hurts you. I mean, if people will buy the cushions to put in the seat just so you can get your weight higher up. And with uh, how Danny's built, having having a lot more muscle on top than other drivers, that obviously helping him, uh, watching him go through corners and the way he would lean almost like a KA senior driver to get the thing to just grip and power out of it was something to watch. But like you said, 10.1 second margin to Mateus Morgado, Morgado on the Burrell art machine, a uh, Rolson performance group teammate to formal Cooper Becklin in third, then Alan Isambard after getting quite wet um, in the opening, a couple of corners managed to get to fourth and then Jared Ramnaran for the Leclerc chassis ending up in fifth. Yeah, Mar Anthony Martelli was the uh, Martella was the hard charger of the race on the PSL Burrell Art, moving up four spots, eleven to seventh after he retired in the pre-final. Uh, and uh, I'll just say it right here, but we'll talk about it later. Scott Sketchy Barnes was uh, the top Masters driver who actually ended up finishing fifth overall. Uh, they they started at the tail end of the field, and he was able to drive his way to fifth overall. So a great drive by him. Uh, I told him to take off the weight and race pro shifter next year, next, next month. But, uh, I think he'll stick in the master's weight. So, uh, with that, we'll head into the K 100 senior division presented by Sodi racing USA, our headline DiTulio and Richard split victories. And Saturday was a sweep by Alessandro DiTulio, the inter MS cart Republic driver setting fast time and qualifying, winning the pre-final and then going wire to wire in the main event for a 2.6 second margin of victory. Uh, it looked to be like Ernesto Rivera was able to going to be able to close in on him late in the race, but just was not able to cut into that big gap that DiTulio was able to establish early on. And so that essentially gave the, uh, the Florida driver a perfect record on the opening day for K100 Senior.
Yeah, and just looks so confident out there, especially on the car public chassis. He seems like he's found a home after a jumping ship from Parallel to Burrell. And now here at Inter MS, seems like he's at a bit of a happy place there. Uh, Nesta Rivera coming in second, like you said, was closing down on him at some points throughout the race, but ultimately wasn't able to get that done. Uh, then you had Miller in third, Lloyd fourth, and Leonardo Scorpione rounding out your top five in fifth. Hard charger of the race was Alex Mercado. The senior rookie under the Speed Concepts Racing tent on the red speed was able to gain, uh, I did the math wrong there, 29 spots, moving from 42nd to 13th. So a solid drive. He was uh, only three tenths off the fast time of the race, and that was set by Ernesto Rivera, who did a 49.6. So only three tenths slower than what DiTulio was able to put down uh, in qualifying. So moving into Sunday, uh, Rivera, who had fast lap on Saturday at the end of the day, put that into a fast time in qualifying. He was able to lay down a 48.9314 fast time in qualifying for K100 Senior. Uh, but it was DiTulio who was able to come away with the pre-final win. Uh, and then it was those two going at it early on in the main event until Rivera was put on the sideline with a mechanical issue. That allowed DiTulio to master the wet weather conditions and drive away to the provisional victory. Uh, I want to it, it had to have been like 14 seconds, something like that. It just seemed like an unsurmountable uh, margin of victory when he did cross the line. Unfortunately, he was found to be uh, disqualified following tech as the uh, uh, the two. What was it? What was the ruling again? I'm trying. Oh, yeah. rear. So yeah. what they what they wrote is rear protection past rear width. So essentially what that means is the rear bumper extended past the width of the rear tires, which is not allowed in Supercarts USA competition. Now, in the old days, we used to just narrow up the rear end, and that was that was kind of the racing thing. But now with the way the, the, the bumpers are stuck out so far, uh, they don't want that to happen and it'll catch on carts. So in order to alle alleviate that, uh, they don't allow the rear tire to go within the width of the rear bumper. So if you got the adjustable rear width. So it's almost like we might, we might now need rain bumpers, right? Right. Nate to where you can yeah. adjust it and narrow up your rear bumper. So you can narrow in, uh, the rear width of the tires. So that's essentially what happened, uh, with DiTulio. So he lost the victory and it was given to Ivana Richards who put on an amazing performance next to DiTulio. She was the driver on the move. Now her lap times weren't anything ex outside of the ordinary. I mean, everybody had very similar lap times to what she did. Actually, there were some that were even quicker. Um, but it was Richard who was able to, uh, to knife her way up from 11th up to the, what was now the top step of the podium. So her first Scusa, uh, victory in the K 100 senior category, uh, as she was, uh, ahead of Donovan Benia by 5.6 seconds at the line. Yeah. And watching her carve through the field and just have fine pace where everyone else was finding water and aquaplaning was uh, something to see. So really, really good run 
for her in the entire HRI Mexico camp. Uh, Donovan Benia finishing behind her in second. Chase Piscaglia in third, making up about 12 spots to Noah Rosser coming in fourth and then coming in fifth and rounding out your top five. Steven Isert for Sodi Kart after switching to the Sodi Kart brand. A really good run for him. Before we get to Hard Charger, going back through the field, there is a lot, a lot of drivers who would have, on any normal day, would have might have gotten a Hard Charger. Luke Welcome up 27 spots. Mateo Rubio Luengo up 28. Uh, Dalton Haynes up 27. Those guys finishing just outside the top 10, but... David, it was a certain Austin Olds who got hard charger for the final. Yeah, it was Austin. Yeah, he had the most out of anybody. Yeah, a lot of hard chargers in this race because of the wet conditions and drivers retiring. Uh, he was able to gain 35 spots in the 18-lap race, moving up from 45th to 10th uh, in the race. So a great drive by Austin Olds in what he'll now be his first full season uh, in the senior category. So great start uh for him to be able to get that top 10 finish in rain racing conditions so with that we'll head into our next commercial break and after these commercials we'll have x30 junior k100 junior uh, to discuss and recap after these commercials it's a multi-time world champion and it's a supercarts usa super nationals winner it is Sodi Kurt. And starting in 2023, the Sodi brand has found a new home here in the US. Sodi Racing USA is the new exclusive importer of the Sodi Kart chassis line under the Karting Distribution banner, led by industry veteran Terry Germanovich. The French manufacturer Sodi Kart is a leader within the karting industry, offering a wide range of products and services. The Sodi Racing chassis line offers product in classes from Mini to KZ all based on years of development and championship seasons around the world. Sodi Racing USA has already begun establishing its dealer network, working with the Karting Collective on the West Coast, and recently signing PK Sport to serve as a dealer and the official race team on the East Coast. Visit Sodi-Racing-USA.com to learn more about the Sodi Kart chassis line, or call 954-634-5111 to become part of the Sodi Racing USA network today. Sodi Kart, the world leader in the karting industry. The new face of competitive karting in the Pacific Northwest region is Race Lab. The full service karting operation is located at the state-of-the-art Kartplex facility in Oliver, British Columbia, Canada, providing everything you need to hit the track or put yourself in a successful driver development program. Race Lab is the official North American distributor for the TB Kart chassis brand, providing the full range of models from Kid Kart to Shifter Kart. Villeneuve Racing Karts is their flagship product available only through Race Lab. The brand carries the name of Formula One champion and Indianapolis 500 winner Jacques Villeneuve with each model produced by TB Kart. Cartplex, the home of Race Lab, is situated on the grounds of the Area 27 Motorsports Park. From full arrive and drive TB kart rentals to leagues and competition karting, the facility provides a new home to developing the future stars of motorsports, all beginning at Cartplex with Race Lab. 
Follow Race Lab on social media on Facebook and Instagram or load up their website at www.theracelab.ca to learn more about TV Cart and Villeneuve Racing Carts. Race Lab. Race with us. Win with us. Welcome back to ECAN Debrief. Our is episode 123, January 17th, 2024, as we review the Supercarts USA Winter Series opening weekend at the AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex presented by MG Tires. We now get into the X30 Junior category presented by Rolleston Performance Group as we continue our race report presented by Comet Cart Sales. The headline for this division Brown and Ardiles carry momentum into 2024 season. When we added, ended last 2023, these two drivers were certainly among those that finished the year strong and knew they were going to be among the top contenders coming into uh, 2024. Ardiles set the tone on Saturday, setting fast time in qualifying and winning the pre-final. Uh, but uh, in the main event, Ardiles led nearly every lap, led all the first 21 circuits of the 22 lap main event until Turner Brown was able to make a deep move into turn five on the last lap. Essentially our dealers went in with the normal racing line, didn't defend thinking Brown was too far back, but Brown just made it stick going in hard and deep into the, in the tight hairpin turn five corner, making it stick and was able to catch our off guard as he was unable to kind of counter attack with the move and Brown was able to drive his way to the victory by 0.181 seconds at the line. Yeah. And that was a move and a half by Turner to get past, uh, our deal as he had to be at least, uh, three, three and a half cart links back from the RPG driver with our finishing in second close, but no win for our Jackson Wolney finishing in third behind him. Uh, Sarah Bradley and then Alexander Vanchev rounding out your top five that have a bit of reshuffling after some post-rapes penalties. Yeah, Vidmontian was actually the driver that came across the line in fourth, but a cutting the track penalty put him from fourth to seventh. So that moved Bradley up into fourth and Vanchev into fifth. So actually three speed concept racing drivers in the top five to uh to wrap up saturday's action so good good performance by them ty fisher the hard charger of the race moving up 14 spots 22nd to 8th and a great drive by him nearly running lap time similar to that of the leader so a good drive after a tough pre-final which i believe he got involved in a wreck uh which put him at the bet towards the back of the field for this one so uh moving into sunday our has responded with Fast times once again, setting a fast time and qualifying with a 47.975, so nearly a half second quicker than what he did on Saturday, and then drove to the race win on Sunday's pre-final. Uh, in the main event, it was all Ardiles. He was able to, to, to fend off the drivers in the wet. Um, I want to say the track was, it wasn't raining as hard in this race, so it was just, uh, you know, pretty a wet racetrack, but not so much rain coming down any longer. Uh, so he was able, he, I think he was the only driver to get into the sub one minute lap time, uh, on the racetrack. Uh, one other driver as well too, but he was, uh, uh Fausto Arnu Arnardo, 
Uh, he was actually, uh, yeah, inter MS driver, the cart Republic. He, I, I forgot he was in the top five, uh, until making contact with the barrier on the last lap, uh, ending his chance at finishing in the top five. But up front, it was our dealers that was able to drive away to a four second margin of victory. Yeah. And Turner Brown right behind him. So going into the second leg of the winter series for Scusa doing the reverse direction, it should be interesting to see those two uh, battle it out for the championship because ultimately uh, you got to think it's going to be between those two. Uh, Wolney in third could be a bit of a dark horse heading into AMR2. Ty Fisher coming in fourth after a really, really impressive weekend. For him, he's going to be one to watch in 2024. And then Enzo Montien, uh rounding out your top five. Yeah, so Fisher took advantage because it was Arnado that went into the fence, was running fourth at the time. And that moved uh, Fisher up into the fourth spot, moving Vidmontien into fifth. Uh, so, yeah, like you said, Ty Fisher, uh, certainly with a solid weekend uh, to open up the 2024 season going eighth on Saturday and then fourth on Sunday. But yeah, uh, Woolney might be the driver to that kind of, kind of be the wild card in the, what is right now a championship battle between Brown and Ardiles, uh, as they were both first and second, both days with Woolney third in both days. So that'll be interesting to watch going into next month. Alexander Vanchev, the hard charger of the race, 19 spots going 29th to 10th on the wet racetrack that will head into k100 junior presented by nash motorsports and i did not write a headline on this one nate <laughs> uh let's see i guess you could just say garzon and ardiles set the pace for k100 junior which they did garzon and ardiles were essentially the top two drivers uh, on saturday garzon picking up the top spot in qualifying going on to win his pre-final while Diego Ardiles won his pre-final where we saw the top 15 from each uh, pre-final uh, transferred into the main event. And then the top 14 from the LCQ uh, joined them to make a 44 driver field in the main event. Uh, it was a four driver lead pack. Our zone, Ardiles, uh, Vidmontian and Walter Jenkins, the fourth joining the RPG cosmic, uh, crews. So Ardiles and Jenkins, the two teammates in this race pack, it didn't seem like there was any teammate working uh, or not nothing, nobody working together because it was it was a pretty good battle with all four drivers uh, going at it um, in in the main event. Uh, but in the end, however, uh, I'm trying to get to my my notes here. Um, Garzon was able to kind of put himself at the front of the field and essentially just fight off. Uh, the rest of the pack uh, within the with closing laps of the race. So he moved there with uh, coming to the white flag and then held on to the lead for uh, uh, because of a uh, fight for second behind him. So it gave him enough space to be able to reach the checker flag uh, nearly four tenths of a second ahead of the field for his first victory of the 2024 season. Yeah, the driver who crossed the line first, as we know, at the Super Nationals that eventually got taken away, able to Correct. start his 2024 yeah. off with a bang. And Zovid Montien behind him, gaining some positions along the way. Diego Ardiles in third. Walter Jenkins, one of the drivers who was really impressive in this category, uh, coming in fourth for Rolson Performance Group. And then again, Alexander Vanchev with another top five finish. 
Yeah, Christopher Wakefield, the uh, Sodicart driver who was impressive at the end of the 2023 season as well. He improved 23 spots going 42nd to 19th, where he finished 12th in the LCQ. So uh, was able to muscle his way up 23 spots in 22 laps uh, to wrap up Saturday. Nate, I'm just going to put in a mental note. So Turner Brown in Super Nationals 25 crossed the line first in Mini Swift wasn't able to take the victory because it was taken away due to a penalty. Garzone, kind of the same thing last year, as you just said, in this category uh, at Super Nationals 26. I'm going to I'm going to make him my early projection to win this category at Super Nationals 27. So I just want that on the record right now. All right. It's it's not a bad shout. I mean, with obviously he was strong at the Super Nats and then he's carrying that momentum and he's going to have a whole nother year to learn and develop as a driver. So I don't see why not. Uh, he'll, I, he'd definitely be in the top five calling that now, but I think there's still a ton, a ton of talent in junior. But hey, right. that's don't, don't steal my pick, though. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I'll figure that's it out. Right. I might go Turner again. I might. There go we go. Yeah, you never know. Exactly. Uh, so with qualifying, I, I, I wrote this wrong in the script, so I'll get it right now. Uh, it was Walter Jenkins, the fourth picking up fast time and qualifying with a 49.371. So that was, uh, I did not write Garzon's fast time. So it was, I I'm assuming it was quicker than it was on Sunday. So a pretty good s- debut for Jenkins on the Rallis and performance group tent to be able to be quickest in qualifying. Uh, however, it was Vidmontien and Garzon that picked up the wins in the prefinal, so they were set for the front row of the main event, which we saw Garzon lead early, again, in wet weather conditions, uh, until Ardiles was able to get himself up into the P1 position. Uh, Ardiles actually qualified 10th overall and was able to work his way forward in the prefinals, uh, getting up into... Can't find it here. Just a second. Oh, wrong one. Uh, got up to second in the prefinal. So it was starting from the second row. Uh, and again, as we said, got into the lead and the main event just before the halfway point and essentially was the leader the rest of the way. Garzon got into a bit of trouble, actually spun uh, just after he got lost the lead. And so that dropped him back a little bit further. But up front, Ardiles, when he got out into lead, led the rest of the way, uh, leading the remainder of the 18-lap race to be able to pull out a four-second victory uh, to wrap up a double-win performance on Sunday. Yeah, really good run for him. One of the only drivers to break into the, uh, not sub-one minute, but into that one-minute bracket where everyone was kind of hovering around the 101 time, Mm -hmm. getting really close to that. Enzo Bidmontien was... One of those drivers just six hundredths away who finished in second from breaking into that bracket. Like I said, four seconds back from the RPG driver of Ardiles. Turner Brown rounding out the podium for KA100 Jr. And then Ty Fisher, another really, really impressive performance um, from him. And then Sebastian Garzon finishing in fifth. Yeah, Fisher, the actual hard charger of the race. Uh, 35th. Uh, to fourth in the main event. So he got 31 spots in 18 laps in the main event. Let's add to it the 25 spots that he gained in the last chance qualifier. He went from 30th to fifth in that race alone. So he gained 56 spots 
over the course of two races. That's just a great drive. And I think Ty Fisher is a rain racer. I, I I'm going to put that out there. So if we do go to a race where, uh, Ty Fisher is at, and it's raining, I'm going to be projecting him to be among the top runners for sure. As he was super fast, uh, and super confident in the wet weather conditions, uh, at the end on Sunday there. Uh, with that, we'll enter our next commercial break. And when we return, it'll be K 100 master and master shifter. It all started in my parents' garage. That's the foundation for MPG Motorsports, which grew from a small home garage in Indiana into one of the top race teams and car shops in the industry. A true passion for motorsports runs deep in the DNA of MPG, which has developed strong connections within karting. Now based at the Whiteland Raceway Park in central Indiana, MPG Motorsports offers a wide range of opportunities through its race team while providing a full-service kart shop as an official dealer for the Kart Republic brand. The MPG Motorsports race team is led by ownership partner and karting champion Chase Jones and provides full trackside service and driver development. Be part of the MPG program at the USPKS, Stars Championship Series, and Route 66 Sprint Series events with arrive and drive opportunities available at those programs, as well as at the Whiteland Club races this season. A new 3,500 square foot shop is now open at the Whiteland Raceway Park in Whiteland, Indiana, and is the new home of MPG Motorsports. This new headquarters will provide local and regional racers with a full service race shop that provides a wide range of parts and supplies to racers, including the full chassis line of the Car Republic brand. For more, head to mpg-motorsports.com and follow us on social media. Let MPG Motorsports take your motorsports career in the direction of your choice. Fast, fair, and fun. Ignite Karting offers you all of that at an affordable price. Ignite Karting utilizes the spec Margay Ignite K3 with a Briggs & Stratton 206 engine and a Hoosier R80 tire. Everyone in the junior, senior, and master's classes compete on the same Ignite K3 chassis, which puts all the emphasis squarely on driver development. Additionally, Ignite Karting is accessible at the local, regional, and national level. Special events for the 2023 season include the Ignite Majors, which begins with the annual trip to the Daytona International Speedway as part of the WKA Daytona Kart Week as part of both the sprint and road racing events. Those in the Midwest can enjoy the regionally based Ignite Challenge, which just finished up a record setting season in 2022. Local club programs have also been established in other states all across the country, from Idaho to Texas, Nebraska to New York, with more tracks and clubs joining the Ignite Karting program. Be part of fast fun and great memories with Margay Racing at an Ignite track near you. All information on Ignite events and Ignite Kart packages, including dealers in your area, are available at ignitekarting.com. Get off the couch and out onto the track in 2023. Ignite Karting, fuel your passion. We return with the ECAN debrief. It is episode 123. David Cole and Nate Dean here providing you a recap of the Supercars USA Winter Series opener at the AMR Motorplex in Homestead, Florida. 
We now look at the elder drivers, which is K100 first, K100 Master, presented by Alessandros Racing. The headline, exciting battle underway with Garrido and Rovello splitting. So the defending champion, Michelle Garrido, uh, returned, setting fast time in qualifying, winning the pre-final, and was the driver to be entering the main event. Uh, just before the main event, however, a little bit of a sprinkle kind of came down on the racetrack, but that was the only wetness that we had all day on Saturday. It was actually kind of a relief because it kind of cooled off just a little bit when the sprinkle came down. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Miguel Mir, who started second, uh, was involved in a spin in turn two at the start. So that kind of shuffled up the field. Um, and as they raced on, Ruben Ravello actually became the driver uh, that was the challenger for Garrido. Uh, Ravello was able to take the lead on lap three and oh, wrong race. Let me get to it. Uh, was able to. I want to say about the halfway point, get into the lead of the 22 lap race and was able to, to pace the field. Unfortunately, after he crossed the, the, the checkered flag as the provisional winner, uh, was deemed uh, uh, non-compliant as with the non-compliant reed pedals, which removed him from the top spot of the podium and moved Michelle, Michelle Garrido to the top spot of the podium earning him a victory in his first race as defending uh, class champion. Yeah. And then 2.1 uh, seconds back, that would be uh, Mario Dominguez in second on the red speed. Then Diego Rodriguez for Cosmic running out the podium. Miguel Mir in fourth. And then Alan Giraldi uh, coming in fifth for an all OTK top five. Yeah, Elaine, yeah, Garaldi. That's how I would say it. Perfect. There you go. Uh, Hard charger of the race, Jesus Portillo on the Tony cart, moving up 11 spots, 19th to 8th. And then we went into Sunday. Miguel Mir, looking for redemption, was a driver to beat. One uh, set fast time in qualifying, putting a 50.856. So essentially two tenths of a lap or two tenths two tenths of a second quicker than what was set on Saturday. And Mir came back and won the pre-final and then the main event again in the wet weather. So it kind of was shuffled up the field a little bit as they battled. And Ravello was actually the driver able to pick up the, uh, the lead within three laps of the race. And the time race went 11 laps in total. And Ravello was able to lead the remainder of the race uh, reaching the checkered flag by over four seconds uh, to celebrate a victory and hold through when he got through technical inspections. So two different drivers taking victories on the weekend. Yeah. And then 4.4 back, Miguel Mir, Tony Cart coming in second, Diego Rodriguez running out the podium for Sunday, uh, Jesus Portillo in fourth, and then Mario Dominguez running out the top five. And going into mass... Oh, forgot hard charger kim care Pilati, the one of the two brothers that continue to race the masters divisions uh across the eastern half of the country uh kim on the comp cart moved up eight spots 15th to seventh it was actually uh, uh his brother uh scott carapoletti looked really fast in the pre-final because it was a little bit of a of a mist coming down for their pre-final 
And uh, Scott Carapelli looked good, but uh, did not complete a lap or did not start uh, the main event. So uh, so Kim Carapelli took over and got the hard charger of the race. Uh, with that, we'll head into Master Shifter presented by Inter MS. Defending champion Barnes returns for two more. So Scott Sketchy Barnes, the defending champion, was able to win both Saturday and Sunday main events as he was able to outrun Frank Runco, the only other driver uh, in the field. Uh, Scott Barnes was fifth overall. I don't know why it says fourth. I think he thought he was fourth, but it's fifth. Uh, so he finished fifth overall in the wet on Sunday. So a great performance by him, as we talked about uh, earlier during the pro shifter category. And we'll now head into our penultimate commercial break as we'll continue the race report presented by Comet Cart Sales. And with that, we'll get into Mini Swift and Micro Swift. Established in 1999, PSL Karting has become a powerhouse within the karting industry for North America and around the world. PSL Karting is your complete source for all Burrell Art products as the North American importer, providing this top quality product through both their expansive dealer network or through the pslkarting.com online store. Whatever you need is available 24-7 online, including safety gear, parts, components, and full karting packages. All three brands, Burrell Art, Ricardo Kart, and Charles Leclerc Karts are in stock and ready to hit the track. Grab your winning chassis for any category by visiting pslkarting.com to find your nearest dealer. PSL Karting is always looking for interest in new dealers and teams to help create new business relationships. Drivers looking to take their talents to the next level can join the Burrell Art North America race team competing at all the major U.S. and Canadian events this season. When you're ready to win, go with PSL Karting. It all started in 1994, when former successful kart driver Albino Perlin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perlin was born. Fast forward 20 years and Perlin's passion for the sport led to the company rejoining international competitions as a factory team in WSK and CIK FIA races with the aim of enhancing the research and development process, immediately achieving notable results around Europe, North America and Asia, becoming the CIK FIA Asia Pacific KZ champion in the same year. Perlin USA is North America's source for Perlin products we run a factory team at all of the major Supercarts USA and Rock Cup USA events. The Parallel chassis lineup for 2021 includes the Invader Shifter, the Le Mans Tag Single Speed Chassis for Junior and Senior Classes, and the 28mm Mini Kart for the Cadet Classes. Parallel has been winning races all over the world, and it's on top of the podium in the USA as well, with drivers like Kai Sorensen, Mateus Arjuela, and Alessandro de Tullio. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. And we return with the ECAN Debrief, episode 123. It is January 17th, 2024, as we review the Supercar 2 USA Winter Series opener from the AMR Motorplex in Homestead, Florida. We are continuing our race report, which is presented by Comet Cart Sales. And we'll now kind of give a review of Mini Swift presented by Trinity Karting Group. 
And the headline is Trousseau and Simone set tone in mini. Saturday was a complete sweep for Alessandro Trousseau, the defending mini Swift champion. Uh, he was able to set fast time in qualifying, win the pre-final, and handedly win the main event going wire to wire to an eight-second margin of victory uh, at his home track, AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex, presented by MG Tires. Say that five times fast. Uh, so a great opening round by Trousseau to start the, to start the season. It's a bit of a tongue twister. Is it, it is. <laughs> How is that doing for the one-minute flats, saying that every day? It, yeah, I, I think I said it better in those than I am now. <laughs> a little bit of pressure under this. Um, Alessandro Trusheau, like you said, taking the win. Uh, Benji Fernandez and then Rocco Simone rounding up the podium. And then Valentino Santillan. I'm probably butchering that, but hey, uh, coming in fourth. And then Parker Ives coming in fifth. And also hard charger for Mini Swift. 15 spots for Ives to make it a top five finish. Yeah, he actually didn't make a lap in qualifying, so had to come up uh, from tail of the field, got up to 20th uh, in the pre-final, and then continued moving forward in the main event. So a great uh, debut for one of the micros, or the mini Swift rookies uh, in the field. Uh, we head into Sunday. This time it looked like Simone was the driver to beat with the fast time in qualifying of 51.984. Uh, but Trousseau was able to win the battle in the pre-final. But when it came to the wet, uh, Simone had a little bit more than he did. Uh, Simone took control, or uh, Trousseau led early, but it was Simone that took over the lead uh, in the main event. Um, I'm looking at the lap time, when, or lap that it happened, lap seven. So just before the halfway mark again, I don't think this race was timed. I think it might have been 17 minutes plus one lap. Uh, I can't remember, but uh, they got 18 laps in total. And Simone led a majority of them once he got out into the lead and was able to win the victory or take the victory by just over four tenths of a second. Yeah, true show. That driver that's four tenths of a second behind in second, Royce Vega finishing third with fastest lap on the race. Troy Ferguson uh, gaining a couple spots in fourth and Ashton Woon running out the top five, six seconds back from Simone. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, once once. Uh... Simone got out front. Um, Trousseau was, was sitting there trying to reel him in. We had the two Bennett carts of, of Vega and Ferguson trailing, and then Woon all by himself in the fifth spot, and then everybody else behind them. So not a very uh, excited main event. Everything behind them was, but a uh, uh, great win for Simone to start off the 2024, 2024 season. Uh, Julian Rivera, one of the many rookies in the field, uh, was the hard charger of the race. He went up 28th to 9th, so picked up 19 spots uh, after recording a DNF in the pre-final. Uh, I saw this pre... I actually have a photo of it. The left rear tire was sliding in on uh, his rear axle. So it was... Uh, the axle was near... <laughs> was sticking out about five inches at one point when he made his way around uh, the right-hand corners. So... 
it was good left left hand corners but once he got to the right hand corners that cart uh the tire actually i think slid all the way into the chassis and was rubbing on the chassis so didn't make for a great setup around the right handers for sure uh we'll go in now into our micro swift presented by team U race uh the headline burgess sweeps in dry and the wet yeah zane burgess was the driver to beat all weekend long nearly picking up a complete weekend sweep uh saturday was a sweep of his own setting fast time and qualifying winning the pre-final and then holding off liam nakawati uh, for the race win in the main event, uh, I believe they kind of went back and forth a little bit um, on the final lap going side by side. I think Burgess led every single lap, but uh, Liam Nakawati was right there all race long. It was actually three drivers who got away. Danny O'Gara, the MPG driver on the Cart Republic, was right there, but kind of lost the draft uh, towards the end of the race. So it was just Burgess and Nakawati. Uh, Nakawati waited till the last lap, made his move. The two got side by side for a number of corners, but uh, Burgess was able to just secure the victory and winning the drag race to the line uh, by 97 thousandths of a second. Yeah, it was a close one between those two. Like you said, Nakawati uh, coming in second there, fast time for him. Danny O'Gara also making up a few spots in third then Easton Kabinski, his Midwest partner to O'Gara coming in fourth and in fifth Parker Stewart. Hard charger of the race was Iker Alvarez on the CRG. I think one of the only two CRGs that were in the field or in the event all throughout the categories, picking up 23 spots going 42nd to 19th. Uh, on Sunday, this was the only session that Zane Burgess did not lead, and it was Alvardo Benderes, Bedros, Bedros, uh, with a 53.272 to be able to shock the field uh, with setting fast time and qualifying. But in the prefinal, Burgess returned uh, to the front. I believe this was the race that was. Uh, no, the main event was. So we'll get in that in a second. So Burgess was able to win his way into the prefinal. And then in the main event, um, again, the track wasn't quite as wet, I don't think, for these guys. Um, unfortunately, it went only four laps before the red flag came out. Uh, a, dry, a big pile up in, the, in between essentially turn three and turn four. Uh, down the middle of the straightaway. So I'm going to assume a driver kind of went off and returned right back in the middle of the field and collected a lot of carts and a couple of drivers needed some medical assistance. So um, I believe they all were able to walk away from that. But at the, at the last completed lap, it was Zane Burgess leading the way. So he was credited with the race victory with uh, Santiago or Leon or Oriole or Leo. How do you say it, Nate? I think it's Orioli from what I or, heard. Orioli. Uh, he was leading on lap five when the red flag came out, so they had to go revert back to the last completed lap. So it was Zane Burgess on top of the podium, Orioli uh, in second, and Marcelo Flores picking up 10 spots to stand on the podium in the third spot. Yeah, it was, if I'm not mistaken, Burgess made a bit of a mistake and lost some positions right before they went red and i think he kind of lucked out mm -hmm. there if i'm not 
mistaken there. So obviously he lucked out from that red flag. He went through the top three. Jake Manillo uh, in fourth. And then Anthony, this will be fun, Mazucolo, I think. Yep. How yep. you pronounce that again? Mazucolo, yep. I apologize for that, but he rounded out the top five in what was a short end of final. Yeah, the race actually was only 10 lap or 10 minutes plus one lap. Uh, When the red flag came out, it was, I believe, in the six minute. So that's why it was deemed past the halfway point and then reverted back to the last completed lap. So that was the ruling uh, from Supercarts USA officials. Ian Hummacker on the Sodi cart picked up uh went 32nd to 16th in that short amount of time 16 spots to be able to uh, earn the hard charger for the race uh and with that we'll head into our final commercial breaks we'll do a wrap-up we will do constructors championship and our ecan trackside live race calendar after this break ready to step up your game joining the rollison performance group is the obvious choice to take your racing to the next level Industry-leading driver development is provided by our staff of multi-time national champions, Super Nationals winners, and Team USA members. And at the same time, RPG continues to be a national-level powerhouse race team. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. We work with all age groups and are focused on developing those cadet and junior drivers who are ready to take the next step in their racing program. Rawlison Performance Group has set a new standard with our in-house engine program, AVP Engines, headed by Alex Vincent. AVP has become the benchmark in IAMI competition. We have the largest OTK inventory that follows our race team, providing trackside parts at all the major events in North America. RPG also offers multilingual support with French, Spanish, and Portuguese-speaking staff. If you want to fight for championships or want to improve your skills and your chances to win, the answer is to call RPG at 503-260-4514. The Rawls Performance Group. We race to win. Two thousand nineteen marked a new era for the Cartlift brand. The company that Tim Coyne owned and operated since 2003 one with a long tradition of quality products for the karting industry, was purchased by Ted Fashing and his business, Stockholm Karting Center, in October of 2019. Stockholm Karting Center Inc. has added the Kartlift brand to their very successful Triple T Race Products brand that has been fabricating parts for the drag racing industry for the past 25 years. We're small enough where the owner answers the phone, and every call is important to us, but we're large enough to get the job done. We pride ourselves on the quality and personal customer service that we provide on the phone or at the track. Cartlift stands, as you know, can be found at racetracks all over the country. If you race alone or if you're a parent with a cadet or junior driver, let our one-man winch lift make your race days easier. Position the hooks under the rear bumper, push the button, and your cart is raised into position and you're ready to go. We have traditional cart stands, single upright storage stands, Cartlift stackers for storing two carts at once, tire changers, and skid plate kits. Cartlift stands are available at the finest cart shops around the country, or you can order online at cartlift.com. For more information, give us a call at 877-777-8020. That's 877-777-8020. 
get a cart lift, and leave your crew at home. Welcome back to our final segment of the ECAN Debrief, episode 123, as we review the Supercarts USA Winter Series opener from the AMR Motorplex in Homestead, Florida. Uh, wrap up. Essentially looking at this was a record setting event for Supercarts USA. They were able to set uh, 291 entries for the event. So uh, nearly getting up to the 300 mark, which hasn't been even close in previous winter series events. So uh, a great way, Nate, to start out the year for Supercarts USA. Yeah. And hopefully those numbers carry into the pro tour and obviously supernatural was always the big one so i mean a really really great turnout for a winter series race especially with how compact the calendar is for these first couple of months between uh many many series uh also just running in florida and really going back to back on dates so it says a lot about the program that scuzo is running and with homestead it always rains i'm telling you i know you guys might have lucked out last year but every time i go it's going to rain and that's essentially going to be the story going into the finale weekend uh will it rain in february it's super bowl weekend so lots of bets are going to be placed i'm going to bet that it's going to rain <laughs> i don't nate if you had to bet which would you pick it's it's gonna rain like you said it's homestead it's florida it's gonna rain yeah it's funny we were we were sitting there looking at the radar and there was this cell that was sitting just south of florida and it kept just throwing rain up our way like just occasional cells occasional cell an occasional cell and that's exactly what happened on sunday and it was just strange to see that and again it was coming from the east which was weird again every anything and anything can happen in florida uh, and as we talked about earlier, we got some interesting championship battles heading into the series finale. I think that's going to be really key. We'll talk a lot about it and during our out or outlet preview podcast that we'll record just prior to the event. But um, certainly a great uh, start to the 2022 2024 season. We had one, two, I think only two drivers picking up two victories, if I did my math correct. In the same category, at least. Yeah, I think only two drivers. So so really, uh, the championships are up for grabs. Uh, you know, winning is going to be a key. If if the drivers who did, you know, Shane Burgess and Micro and then Scott Barnes picking up two wins in, in Master Shifter, that's going to be key. Uh, if you didn't pick up a win, you got to pick them up in February. That's going to be the key aspect uh, in a championship chase. Anything else that kind of stands out uh, for the event for yourself, Nate, I know you weren't there, but you watched online, you saw the race reports and social media, anything else that stands out for the event? I think championship wise, there's a lot of classes where one driver would, I mean, two different winners on both days, but the person who won the other was within that podium or in just runner up. So, uh, obviously we'll put some pressure on those guys, but like we said in a couple of other of those classes that there are some people who had some really strong runs this weekend. And like we saw last year, some people just fare better going the opposite direction. Some people struggle a little bit. Ultimately it is the same track, but with a different flow to it and different challenges, a bit more uh, curb hopping in some places to get some lap time. So 
uh, should be interesting going into AMR2 to see who excels going the other direction. Like we said, putting the bets on it, will it rain? Because obviously we did see there are some drivers who clearly excel in those wet conditions like Alessandro Tulio, like Ty Fisher. Uh, if we see some wet weather again, they're obviously going to be upfront and competitive if they run again. So, I mean, a ton of really fun to watch racing and can really take the eyes off the action for some classes. So really looking forward and hoping that can have that level of entertainment going into AMR2 in February. And I, I love the clockwise direction. Uh, you know, going back to 2022 when I was there, it provides a little bit more drama going into the final, essentially four corners. You got five corners, really. You got both hairpins. You got the the left right combination heading into the final corner, which has, you know, runoff room, but it doesn't have runoff room because they have the walls there. Uh, so it makes it a very interesting uh, final segment, final sector. Uh, heading to the the finish line, which is a ways away, so you still got to get through all that and finish down the you know down the stretch, as they would say in horse racing. So um, I, I I'm excited for it. I think it produces more uh, more excitement and more uh, interesting racing because, as you said, it's not the normal direction they run, but they do run it. Uh, so maybe it takes away kind of the local side of it and kind of opens up the field. So again, we'll wait and see. Uh, when we get there next month. Now we'll head into the Constructors Championship where we saw eight brands take on the 18 victories on the weekend. Yeah, Cosmic being the one that uh, stood on top of the imaginary podium, most of those coming from Rolson Performance Group. Uh, Cart Republic and Tony Cart tied at three Sodi and Magic Cart picking up two wins and then one each for Red Speed, Eos, and Paralyn. Yeah, again, diversity. That's what we love to see. We love to see a number of different brands picking up victories, and that's what we did uh, to open up the 2024 season. Uh, our ECAN Trackside Live race calendar is presented by Franklin Motorsports. Franklin Motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience and they can provide you with everything you need to go racing with a large online product selection so select track supports events and a wide variety of shop services franklin motorsports is your complete karting source they specialize in IME engines tillet seats and of course their championship winning merlin chassis they've been supplying racers with start to finish support at race events for years from providing a helping hand on a weekday test outing or at a club event to full arrive and drive packages at the highest level of karting competition. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. So our next Trackside Live event will be February 2nd through the 4th, Challenge of the Americas at the Muscleman Honda Circuit in Tucson, Arizona. We are dubbing this T1 as it'll be the first of two weekends uh, at the Muscleman Honda Circuit uh, for Challenging Americas as they'll kind of duplicate what Supercarts USA Winter Series does and opening up the two uh, events of three at the Tucson, Arizona facility. So kind of similar to what we see at the Supercross with A1, A2, we're going to do T1 and T2 uh, just after we did AMR1 in, uh, in Homestead. Yeah, Um 
obviously a really fun track has some good flow to it a bit jealous of those who get to go down after watching uh chase hands on board that we put out last year on youtube for the ekn on board it looks like a really fun track to run so obviously running it twice so lucky to them should be a good opening weekend always some fun battles and storylines coming out of challenge the americas for what is this their 17th season of the program 17 17th season for them so should be a good one with those opening rounds in muscle honda circuit but opening round february 2nd through the 4th looking forward to it and this will be in the clockwise direction so not the direction we normally run when we go there so right off the bat with the big bang going a different direction and so we'll have another odenthal racing products on board with that direction uh hopefully right away when we get there trackside friday to be able to provide you uh on our youtube page to be able to see what it see what it feels like to go that direction because a lot of drivers have visited this racetrack would have never gone in this direction so it'll be cool to see uh and then we'll return uh the weekend after february 9th through the 11th as we go back to the amr homestead or amr Homestead Miami Motorplex presented by MG Tires in Homestead, Florida for the final two rounds of the Supercards USA Winter Series program. And we will do that in the clockwise direction as well at the uh, 12-turn circuit outside the Homestead Miami Speedway, which is, again, a swamp right now (laughs) because of all the rain. But hopefully... It'll be dry when we return in February and when Rob Howden returns to call the action with Cart Chaser down there. So that'll be good uh, to have both of us down there. You'll be watching from home, Nate, and hopefully being able to provide us some insight that we don't might not see while we're trackside. Yeah, um, like we talked about, I kind of like uh, this direction a bit more. It uh, throws a bit of a wrench in the works. I think it mm-hmm. raced um maybe not a bit better but just a little bit more of uh lunges where you wouldn't usually see them people still trying to get uh to grips with the track they maybe haven't run as much so definitely uh looking forward to the what will be championship weekend for the winter series yeah we'll decide the champions for the 2024 supercarts usa series or supercarts usa winter series program with that, we'll conclude our first debrief of the 2024 season. Nate, any other final words as we wrap up this show? Really wish I was going down to Florida. I'm really sick of the snow. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, my my son's outside doing the shoveling right now as they had another snow day. So I think we're at uh, five right now uh, already in the 2024 year calendar year. So great start for them getting to sleep until noon and do nothing all day, except for when dad makes you do the shuffling. Uh, yes. <laughs> are you, are you, you gotta be doing some lifting, right? Some snow shoveling your, uh, yourself. We have not gotten like that much. It's just been like dustings. Okay. So it like blows away for once in a while. There was one that we got like heavy in the night that it with the morning sun kind of melted away. But surprise, it's just been cold. It's just been windy and cold and miserable. Yeah. Sounds like fun. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not. Believe me. As much as I wanted snow when we got through Christmas without any snow, I now we're all saying, take it back, please. So, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> All right. And we'll conclude this episode of the ECAN Debrief, episode 123. For myself, David Cole, and Nate Dean, thank you for listening. Thank you.